production. This podcast is being recorded on Gadigal land. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this country and elders past, present. We extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Hey everybody, it's time for Tuesday. Tuesday. Or whatever day you're listening to this because podcasting isn't live. My voice. You were snorting. Yeah, as we can all hear, my voice has gotten better. No, it fucking hasn't. Yep, it's not gotten better, everyone. Um, but you know what? I'm happy to be here, joyous, joyous to be here. I also just want to flag someone commented and asked if Lem had left. <laughs> and the implication is that yet another person in my life is no longer working with me. She's gone. I fired her. She's gone. And she couldn't stand it anymore <laughs> after two years. Uh, she couldn't stand it anymore. So the other one who's had a break, Elise, is like, you know what? I've had some time off to recover from Abby. <laughs> I was like, sub me back in. And I can in. come back in. Um, Daily Mail, <laughs> enjoy those three more headlines. Um, but it's the only way I know how to deal with you. So uh, <laughs> fucking people are like, you should have said nothing. It's like... I just can't say nothing because it's more fun this way. And I was like, <laughs> also, the more you like don't say anything, it's like that's sus vibes. Um, yeah, look, guys. So Lem is coming back sometime, you know. It, she is coming back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's coming <laughs> back for a holiday. She no. told me. She told us she's coming back. No, but we love her and we love having Elise here anyway. So honestly, it's been slay. I feel like. Everyone should be allowed to have more holidays except for Oscar because he selfishly had a holiday recently. Um, but actually, Amy slayed it, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, true. The issue with our team is too good with the podcast where everyone, it's like, I don't want anyone to have a time off because I'm like, um, you're all, make me too happy and calm. Fuck you all. So I've been thinking lately, I had this like, I had this like little, I don't know if it's an epiphany, but obviously I'm almost 28. So I know. I'm like an adult now. When I started in, when I started on TV, I was 23, which oh, wow. yeah, which is crazy. I feel like 23 is so different to 28. I've realized so many things recently, and I think it's because I had a couple of years of COVID where there was no growth happening. There, it was stagnant. There was. There, <laughs> I feel like across there, the board, everyone was just like, "I am." not doing shit. There was no introspection. I started writing like three different concepts for TV shows. And then the second <laughs> I was released, I for- have forgotten they exist until recently. I was like, I have a TV show pitch about that. Someone, someone was about like some sort of story. I was like, Oh, I want to write a TV show about that. They're like, oh, you should. And I was like, I wrote like a page and a half. And then I realized, Oh, next week I can go to Toddy's for lunch. So I'm not <laughs> going to do this anymore. And life kind of got away from me. So COVID was very stagnant, obviously, in my growth. And then now my life is so weird. Like, I didn't want to say that there's ups and there's downs. There's a lot but of flux. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of different things happening at all times. Like every month I'm in a different mindset and different space. And I think that maybe some things that I've learned about myself and now that I'm in my late 20s, um, I'm almost 28, as we said. Everyone's been laughing lately when they're like, how old are you? And I go, oh, I'm 27. My mom was 28. People think that I'm really, um, I'm way older than I am. Yeah, I think you're my age and I'm 32. Sorry, yeah. to, sorry to Alec age you yeah. four years. Well, this is so cringe. But like, as you get older, you realize, oh, I actually, in a year, I'm going to know way more. I'm going to be so embarrassed about what I've said now and what I think that I know. 
And I feel like the biggest thing that I was thinking about recently was to do with dating, obviously. Since I've had this job, I know we've been joking about the roster, but like I've dated a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life. When I say walks of life, I mean music genres. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> do you have a preferred? Uh, I do, actually. I've, I've noticed a pattern. I actually have noticed a pattern. No, but I'm... Um, when I say that, I mean like there's like three of them. Like it's I'm I'm not dating the whole three music genres. industry. Yeah, yeah. There's three genres. Yeah, <laughs> the Arias. That's why I didn't go to the Arias. I was just gonna say this now. Is I fucked? I didn't go to the Arias. Oh god, I didn't go to the. Arias. I'm just gonna say it. I know. I and also I know this is gonna be a headline. But one of the reasons I was hesitant to go to the Arias last year was that I knew there'd be too many people in one room that I've either had a crush on or that I have been penetrated by. And I just thought, I just thought maybe it wasn't a good idea in the fragile headspace that I was in at that moment. So I thought I'll go next year for sure. But like this year, another reason was that I interviewed Esther Perel that morning. So sorry, guys. And Lime Cordial that day. And that's on knowing your priorities, TBH. And I was like, I know myself well enough that if I go to the Arias and I, and also because, but I guess it's kind of like, you know what it is? It's actually like, no matter how, even if you are invited to fucking awards shows, you still are an insecure little loser bitch, okay? This is what the lesson number one is, okay? <laughs> no matter how cool everyone thinks you are, you're actually not cool. I knew, it wasn't really that I was like, oh, and they're all going to try and fuck me. It was like, if I go to the Arias and I see any of the few of them that I've had maybe something with or maybe thought I had something with, even like an online long-term DMing thing or whatever. And if any one of them doesn't acknowledge me or doesn't come up to me and go, oh my God, so good to see you, I would completely break down. Like I would I would be sitting in a bathroom all night and my hair and makeup would be a waste. And also no matter how hot like you think you look, if someone that you had a crush on once ignored you, you feel like shit. So there are all these people, right? And in doing that, because I've had my avoidant era, I've had a lot of short-term little things. And even since COVID, I guess, and even before, I've had a lot of like almost relationships. I haven't really been sure where I stand on them. And a lot of them have come to a quote-unquote definite end. When that definite end has happened in the past or when I was younger, it feels like the world is ending. And I'm not saying like breakup. I'm saying like a situationship that kind of ends. And also I do acknowledge this may fuel all your toxic thinking, all of you, right? This isn't a tarot card reading going, he's coming back. But <laughs> what I'm saying is a lot of people that I've had things with and felt really intensely about eventually because of my proximity to them expanding and contracting, this makes sense, Yeah. because sometimes they're closer to me, sometimes they're further apart from yep. me, yep. I know that even if we're having a period we aren't talking, there is a high chance that they will come back and not in a way like they'll come groveling back, but in a way that like there will be a situation where I will see them again and all of the fucked up shit from the year before, if something really dramatic and embarrassing happened, that will be forgotten and what will be remembered is the nice interactions we had. Like I've had moments where I've really embarrassed myself in front of musicians. <laughs> like, like I've been dating them and I've done something that's like a little bit. Did you try and play them your demos? 
Like once or twice. But the thing is, like, they're good, right? It's like. It's true. No, but I, like, I, I, you know, I've really liked them and I've maybe told people have definitely. Me, maybe I, <laughs> maybe a few years ago I told people what I was doing. But I have told, I've, I've like, told people that I'm. I've got a thing with something. And I don't mean the press. I mean like my personal fucking friends. And then it gets back to the person and they're like, you're a fucking weirdo. No, they don't say that. But they're like, I just feel uncomfortable about it. And I go, sorry, this is who I am. I have ADHD. I can't help it. And also like I, I my perspective is that it's my life as well and I should be allowed to share things with my friends if there's nothing that's get wrong being done, like if I meet someone that I like, I should be allowed to tell my friends that I like someone that, that should be that, that you don't get to restrict my conversations with my mates. You can restrict if I'm talking about it in press. Absolutely. But not my personal life. You don't get to do that. So I've kind of had that boundary and it's come from having really uncomfortable situations with people in the past where I've kind of been gaslit a little bit and go, I'm so sorry. I'm so crazy. But then eventually because that person and I have a connection of whatever kind, eventually it all comes around and they come back into my life and that kind of weird situation is gone. And if you get along, you get along. And and there's always a chance for like a new beginning. It is all so cringe, but I've realized that there's always a chance for relationships to be really fluid and change. And there's always chance a chance for more communication. And it's made me really be able to, like recently my dynamic with someone has changed quite drastically it really hasn't, it's upset me. Like I had like one, like maybe like four tears about it. Like not like one tear, but like I wasn't crying. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I could go for a cry, but like I don't really need to, but like this feels kind of nice about it. It was like a, it was like a new era. It was like an era is moving on. And I realized the reason why I'm not upset about it is because I've had all these other experiences as I've been in my 20s where people have like come back, like, like some dude that, I had a crush on when I was 18 is DMing me now. Nice. Being like, yeah. But, and I, and I, I fucked him when I was 18. <laughs> oh, not <right>. recently. <laughs> you were like, he's in my DMs and then we fucked. Yeah. But yeah. like I, and I know everyone would be like, it's because you're you now, but I don't think it is. I don't think, I, I think like eventually things just come around. Like you find, you, you find your way back to people that are going to be in your life. And if you don't, then you will forget about them in like two years. Like I can't remember people's names that I fucked when I was 20. I don't know if it's like an issue in my brain or what, but like it becomes really irrelevant by the time you get over it, it becomes really irrelevant. I don't know if this is making sense, but mm. like I feel like what I've realized is when something when something changes, when something ends, it's actually just a change in dynamic and a change in era. Whoa. <laughs> it's not an ending. You know what I mean? Like, like because I've had these people recently, I've had like maybe like three people in the past six months that I thought we weren't ever even gonna be friends come back in a really organic way that wasn't them being like, I need to talk to you. It's like, I've seen them around or whatever. And they've been like, yeah, like I've thought about you and I've missed you. And like, this is, this is not as big as of a deal as you thought, as like you think it is and vice versa. Is it something that you wanted to happen or it just happened? For them to come back? Hmm. It's something that I had because I've been having this theory for the past like six months, ever since my last breakup, where I'm like, also because I didn't want a relationship, I was a bit less like hectic about caring what people were doing. But I feel like I didn't not want it to happen, but I was like, I'm cool if that person, I can accept that that person isn't in my life anymore. I still have very positive feelings towards them. And 
if they came back and and as people have come back and explained things, then I'm more than happy to have that shift again dynamic. And I feel like I've just realised that relationships are very fluid and they can change really easily. And there's two people I'm thinking about in particular that it's been like a few years of stuff um, and one of them we've been best friends, bubble buddies, romantically linked. He's in love with me. I'm in love with him at different times. We've had different partners. We've not spoken for months at a time. We've had huge fights. But through all of it, we still end up coming back together for better or worse. And there's always, I guess, unless someone literally either unfortunately passes away, sorry to get hectic, or they like show a firm boundary that you're saying, I do not want to speak to you ever again. You've, you've done this, this, this. There's always a chance for more communication. I think as well there's this rush for closure when things are happening. Like right now, literally on the weekend, something happened where I needed to have a bit of closure. And we had this conversation and it was really nice. And I kind of, once that conversation was over, I then texted them and I was like, hey, look, I actually have two more questions, but I'm just going to call you later in the week because I know that we're going to talk again and I know that it'll be all right. And I, I don't have this rush for like I need to know now every bit of information because there's always an open door for communication, even if it isn't how you want it to be um, or, or the conversation you want to have. There's, there's always a chance for it to like rekindle, I guess. And I just think that I've seen a lot of my relationships recently and it, it could be just because of like, I don't know if this is like I'm out of touch or something, but it's happened really, really in the past three years. And I don't, know if it's, it, it, I don't know if it's age or if it is that I'm in this industry where we're all really lonely and depressed. <laughs> and we're like, like and we're like, you'll do. Where everyone's lonely and depressed. Yeah, right. I feel yeah. like everyone is, right? But it's like, I just think that once you create like a close bond with someone, I think there there's always a chance for you to rekindle that bond. Not in the way that it originally was. I'm not saying like, if you break up with someone, you they will always love you and you should I'm like we're not manifesting on TikTok. But I think that if you've had a deep connection with someone, there's always a chance to have them in your life or at least have closure down the line and you can allow yourself to heal before you seek that closure because most people who are good, decent people will allow you a conversation at the very least. And if they don't, then you've already done a big, big amount of healing yourself to be okay with that. Does any of this make sense? Yeah, I think it does, it's also yeah. kind of like if you are seeking to keep the conversation going, you're trying to keep the relationship going mm. when one person doesn't want to. Yes. That like yes. that is a sign that you should stop. Absolutely. And like don't be listening to this and being like, but Abby said I, if I, I keep the chat lines open, things it's like, no, 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 no. no you no, need no. to both be in that headspace. But I totally hear you. I've had that in other relationships before. Yeah. Where it wasn't until I got over the person that it was kind of like, I can see you in a different light and we can hang out again and we end up sleeping together again. And I was like, Oh thank God I'm not still in love with you. <laughs> yeah. And, and and you can kind yeah. of be like, Oh, like I, I can see you in a different way and we can now have a different kind of relationship. And that could also be your friends and then you don't see your friend for a few years and then you realize you're feeling like it can be a change in it can be you hang out every every day or you can go to like you're a friend that I see once a year when I'm in the same city as you like this friend that I'm talking about like the the main one that we've had a lot of different periods my relationship he came over last night and um we had a big talk about kind of everything I've actually had two of those this weekend I don't know what's happened but where it's like during this period how did you feel oh I felt like this. Oh, I felt the exact same. And then then at the end of this conversation, he said to me, he was like, so because we haven't really been close this last 
year and a bit, but we were bubble buddies in lockdown. So we were, he was my only person I saw in lockdown and we've had threesomes and stuff, whatever. Um, (laughs) But we haven't been like friends. We haven't been hanging out. And he asked a really good question that was hard to answer. And he said, okay, so we want to be friends again. And I was like, yep. And he was like, but how does that actually logistically look? Is that I see you about once a week? Is it we have mainly phone calls? Is it that I just call you when I want to see you and I see if you're free because I've been ignoring him a lot because I've been isolating myself. And um, it was just nice to have that conversation and realize that even I've had periods of time where I've been like, I will never be friends with him again, ever. And then all it takes is like both of you being, I guess this is the the key thing is both of you are uh, in an open enough, like the door is a bit ajar and you can like temperature check that. And then you can sort things out from your past. And also in doing that, it can also heal a lot of things and you can figure a lot of things out about yourself that you didn't know. Moving on to the next point that I've realized. Do you think that that's something that 22-year-old Abby would have been able to do at the end of her relationships? No, fuck no. Like I would be like, I need closure fucking right now or I would still fuck them to like keep them around because (laughs) I'm so good at sex. And it's like, uh, um, like, but like, yeah, I I think I would have, I think when I was 22... I would have really needed closure. I would have really obsessed about it. Like I'm really, again, we all know that when I said ADHD medication, it changed my hyperfixations on relationships, but I'm just more able now. And it doesn't mean that I don't get hurt or that I'm, it, it's just, I'm more able to think about things, I guess. Wow. Whoa. And now that I'm almost 30 and I've had all these different crazy life experiences, I'm now able to see things long-term rather than short-term. Like I'm able to see that in 10 years, I either will have not seen this person again and I will have forgotten their name and forgotten what they smell like and forgotten what little mannerisms they have and I'll I'll forgotten all the things that I love about them, which is sad in a way, or I will have seen them a few times and I'll be healed or I'll be in a great place with them where I wanted to be in the first place. But you kind of have to just like let things happen to you rather than trying to force things to happen because things will happen organically. And I think that in my period of kind of forced isolation and where I haven't really been socialising, Things have been happening organically because people have been kind of coming to me more or because I've had more introspection. I don't know why. And again, maybe it's also because with me, I now have, God, this is wanky, but God, this is fucking wanky. (laughs) But I now, and I'm aware, everyone, okay? I'm aware. But I now have friends who live overseas who- That's okay. Wanker. Who are like celebrities. Oh! Ah! No, there it is. That's why. No, 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 no. But like, I, I have friends overseas who tour, and they're actually like they're like friends, or I like have interviewed them, and we've gotten along, and we've kept messaging, right? Friends um, in the industry. Friends yeah, in the industry. Like, yeah, right. And there are people that I fuck. I'm saying actual friends that I like enjoy speaking to a lot, like Jay Sean. Like I love Jay Sean. Let, Same. Let's, let's go through them all. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> fucking oh, name dropping. Can you just pick up? Just fuck that off. Name. <laughs> Me going. <laughs> Fuck off. But anyway, <laughs> baby, are you down, 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 down? Sorry, he actually texted me yesterday saying, miss you, babe. So he was uh, on my mind. Okay. We'd love a relatable so, queen. Jay Sean and I, as you guys know, you have a friend like Jay Sean. I have a friend like Jay Sean. <laughs> we all have a Jay Sean in our lives, you know? <laughs> you know, when they're busy in the studio and you've got to... No, okay. And I know this is wanky, but... <laughs> Keep going, please. Shut up! <laughs> it's but it, but no these these weird experiences that I acknowledge are bizarre and so out of touch and un, and unrelatable. 
they've helped me in my normal everyday life with people that are my friends of years, right? And all people that I've sleep with that I actually do date or that I am friends with in in real life. And it's like I cannot talk to someone for months and months and if I'm in their city, I can probably call them and be like, hey, like, do you want to hang out? And they're like, yeah, and I can see them and be like, like, nothing's ever happened or it will feel like the third hang. And that isn't a thing of like, we're good enough friends. We can pick up where we left off. I've met these people once. I've interviewed them for an hour or I've hung out with them for two weekends, like, you know, with Jay Sean and like Akon and like, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> I like, it. and like, you know, like Ashanti's DJ and like Macklemore's <laughs> trombone player. And it's like all this, Not the trombone player. all these, all these people, like, you know, I'm like, no, but it's like, I know, I guess what I've learned is that silence doesn't mean that a relationship is over unless it's been discussed. Mm. And I think that I feel more security and more worth in relationships having these weird experiences where you cannot see each other unless it's a specific time of year and you're both in the same city and you do it when you can. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like I, I guess I now am able to presume that and maybe this is a bit delusional but this is a nice way to live now in my head. It's like the presumption is that the default setting is I want to hang out with you, but we can't. So because whatever, because you're busy or you're, you're being I've got the Os- they've got the Oscars or yeah. something. <laughs> no, but they're like because like, they're busy, right? Let's say like you're they're busy with work, and it's yeah. like I want to hang out with you. The assumptions I want to, I don't need constant validation or constant messaging. I just need to know that or need to feel that if I'm in the same city as you or you're in the same city as me, we'll try to hang out. And even the trying to hang out is enough. And I feel like that's taught me that you don't need constant validation and constant communication to know that someone loves you or cares about you or even just wants to see you and enjoys the time, spending time with you. And I think the default now for me is assuming people want to spend time with me if they can, unless they specify otherwise. So that's really helped my mindset. What was that reaction of, oh, okay. No, no, no. Like I think that's really interesting because I know a time where that wasn't the case. No, where yeah. it's like I think everyone's mad. And I, I still have moments like that, but I think that I really am at a point where I'm able to see my value in people's friendships or romantic flings or whatever. And I've had so many romantic flings that have kind of been like a week because the person's in the country. Okay. Um, no, sorry. They're just going back to New Zealand. Yeah, but, but, it was a hobby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, back to, yeah, look. Yeah. Back to Tasmania. Um, <laughs> um, but I've had so many of those things and I've kind of like, and it's it's like a quarter life, not even crisis, like a quarter life epiphany. Well, you have neural pruning in your mid-20s as a woman where oh. the pathways. Okay, and, okay, okay physicist. <laughs> sorry. Partner's okay, doing engineer. a psychology degree. Yeah. Uh, Go back to the pruning. Yeah, pruning. Ne- neural pruning. So like you have pathways yeah. in your brain, which when you're a child, you have the most you will ever have. And then as you get older, it's basically your brain going, I don't need that information anymore. And just like, it's gone. Wow. Uh, and it doesn't ever come back. Don't, But it's not bad. It's like, I don't need to use it anymore. Wow. So that's why in your early 20s, often, if you're middle class and live in an urban area and you will just, you party heaps and you do lots of things and you find out all the shit about yourself and then you get to your late 20s and you go through this. You're like... I prefer to communicate this way. This is how I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, and the next time that it happens for a woman is when they have a baby and then again when they go through um, 
What's the one where you don't have menopause. any more babies? Thank menopause. you. <laughs> yeah, menopause. When you have a baby, then there are no babies. Yeah. And those are two options. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's really – okay, so, so – Neural pruning is and, what And that happens when you're in your late 20s, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, mid to late 20s. It's like like a second puberty sort of in your brain. Yeah, I what feel like – What are the guys? You guys basically are born with your dicks in your hand and you just get taller. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Sex okay, education with a lead. Yeah, I I'm like, I'm not putting any energy into nah, finding sorry. out. I'm not doing any more. Men have enough research about them. <laughs> Fucking hell. Sorry, exactly. yeah, sorry. Should be nice. I feel like what I've realised is like the way and the safety that I feel from open, honest communication. And I know that everyone's going, yeah, duh. But like <laughs> everyone can say that. But I've again, I've been forced in the last couple of weeks to have really open conversations with people that I that I've always really cared about and what's happened is the less intense one we have this chat and we were forced to because of change in something in both of our lives and we had to rearrange our dynamic and in doing that we were forced to hang out in a way we hadn't hung out before and we were having a chat about like how we're feeling about this new way of spending time together and it was enjoyable, but I was like, I was nervous about it. And they were like, me too. I didn't know how we were going to do this. And then we kind of went back and backtracked all the things that had happened and how we viewed each other throughout our friendship, situationship, whatever it was. And it turns out that at basically every juncture, they felt the exact same as I did. Like, and it was so validating. And even to the point where I was like, you know, during this period, did you feel like we were kind of like friend zoning and like the sex we were having wasn't that good? And like, I just wanted to spend time with you. And they were like, yeah, like, but I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to upset you. And I was like, same, like, I didn't want to make it. And also like, we didn't want to make it a definitive thing. We didn't want to make it a definitive thing. We wanted it to be like, well, we'll see if it goes back to how it was. And it did after that. But there's this fear again, really not to my first point of like, if you, if you categorize something that you can't change it ever. And I think that if I just had open communication along the way, I've even had people, you know, recently be like, yeah, dude, I had like strong feelings for you and I wanted to date you. And I've been like, cool. I was crying to all my friends. I was talking about it in therapy. I was like, I was being very defensive because I felt like they would never like me or they didn't like me. And I said to them, I was like, well, why didn't you bring it up? And they were like, this is a different person now. They were like, well, you weren't any better. And I was like, yeah, fair. And we kind of, and both of us kind of had this like little mourning, like in the moment of being like, oh, like if one of us had just said something, we either would have worked out and dated or at the, ver at the very least, we would have felt much more safe and, and understood where we stood with each other. Because like I spent a lot of time, I've spent a lot of time, with someone else now. Sorry, guys, still very chaotic. But I just, I just don't <laughs> want the person. Spring. I just don't want the person that this is actually about to think that all of this is about them. Okay, yeah. I've got lots of hoes. Okay, <laughs> that's another thing that I need to talk about is my defense mechanisms. But I was interested at that point because what? Why didn't you chat to each other about how time, you yeah. really felt? Yeah, because like, I was so scared that I was at like a because I would always teeter between like a six and a 10 in my feelings for this person. Tita frame, like, let's say seven is like a crush. Six is like, we're friends and I enjoy kissing you. And I like, and I, I don't feel uncomfortable kissing you. Five is like friends, right? I guess. Baseline friend zone. I, I would get pretty close to friend zone, but we, I'd still want to sleep with them and I'd still would enjoy them kissing me and, 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 you know, being intimate with me. And 
then sometimes it'd be a 10. And it also was hard for me to communicate it because it wasn't consistent because because of the dynamic of our relationship, and this happens a lot with me again, as we just discussed, is I see people very sporadically, everyone. So it's hard for me to develop real feelings. And it's also hard for me to be sure that what I'm feeling is reality because I know that I will see someone in December for a couple of days and I'll go, oh my God, we're just really good friends and I would never want to date them. And I love that we're such good friends. Then I can see them again in January and it'll be like, we're both in a really good mood and we're both really happy. We have amazing sex. And I, and I, and I'm like, oh my God. And you know, we're both like, wow, that was like the best sex I've had in years. Like, and then we won't, then we won't talk. And then I'll see them again. And it'll be like, you're like my fucking brother. Like it, like, because it also is highly dependent on my stress levels and their stress levels and where they're at. And honestly, if I'm on medication, if they're on medication, if we're both seeing someone, if we're seeing someone else, if we're, it's all, there's so many variables that are able to change in a three month gap, two month gap. And this isn't one person. This is like all the people that I usually date aren't, don't live in Sydney. So it changes a lot. And then I don't really have the ability to like grasp onto something, which then it's hard to communicate because what, you know, what I usually try to do and what I think most people try to do is like, if you're seeing someone, you go, I'll wait a few weeks to make sure that I do like them before I communicate it. Cause you don't want to embarrass yourself. And you also don't want to like get into something and then go, Oh fuck. Like I actually didn't mean that. Whoopsie. I just was horny. Or like I was ovulating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> you're like, I was ovulating a lot of energy. Like fuck. So like, it's like we, we, we can both see looking back in hindsight, how fluid our feelings are for each other. In doing that, the open communication is way less scary because we can say right now, I actually have a huge crush on you. And right now, like I'm just flagging it. Like maybe we should make a bit more effort. To see. If you, if you're feeling the same right now, should we maybe try and like strike while the iron's hot, babe? Like, should we try and see each other more? Otherwise we both just assume that we're not going to, we don't, we're not into it. Is it, mm. is the reason you didn't do that before mostly a fear of rejection? Mostly, yeah, mostly. But I think as well, legit, like people and I, people that I date or that I see, we speak so much about like how both of us are just not in a place for a relationship. Like there's never a good time. Do you sometimes feel like that's a self-fulfilling prophecy if you keep saying it? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Questions. It is. Okay. Like, Obviously. Do you, do you sometimes well, it use is. it as an excuse? Like not it's an like excuse, a defense mechanism. As a reason. You're like, it's not as it's not as scary to talk so deeply about our feelings if we say nothing really properly is gonna happen. So we yeah. can talk about it. I've actually had four people in the last few months say to me, Yeah, well, like, and who who I've had fucking huge crushes on. Like, and they said to me, Dude, like, you know, like, I'm busy, you're busy, all this shit's happened with you being away, I've been away. Also, like, you're very clearly emotionally unavailable. And I've gone, what? Like, I, from where I'm sitting, I'm like, my heart was open to you, like, you know? And, but obviously my, even my, my body language, even like me not wanting to like cuddle them when I sleep or me, me talking about how busy I am and how I just, relationship isn't for me right now, constantly Maybe it's a subconscious defense mechanism. Maybe it's also truth that, that those, things, those things are true, but maybe I'm bringing them up because I don't want to be vulnerable. And maybe I also speak about other people that I'm seeing in a very casual way or I'll say like, I'll say, oh, you know that person, like, 
oh, I had this thing last week, so much drama. Like, you know, I won't tell them details, but I'll kind of allude to the fact I'm seeing other people. And I've had four people say to me in the last few months, and this is over years, these experiences, but recently I've been told this, where they've been like, yeah, well, like, you're so unavailable. Like, you're so emotionally unavailable. Why would I try to, like, penetrate your fucking walls, not in a sexy way, (laughs) not vaginal, just, like, emotional? (laughs) Why would I try and penetrate your non-vaginal walls if you're seeing all these other people, you're too fucking busy, you don't want a relationship, you won't, like, open up to me when we're alone, and also why would I risk telling you I like you? What the fuck is the point of this? Like, you're not going to give up so-and-so. You're not going to give up, for example, a guy you've been seeing on and off for seven years for me. But in my head, I'm like, but you're to me so important that like I would give that up, but I don't have the ability. It's very hard for me to be, to not have like a roster, like, like backbenchers. Like I, I'm like. So you want, you want an open relationship yet? Yeah. Is that I don't hard? know anymore. Oh, what's happened? <laughs> you think you would want a partner? Ew. It could change but depending you can, on the person. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be. I don't think I don't want open relationship. I think that I now, if I if I met someone, like I've got a huge crush on someone right now and, and, and I'm trying to kind of like zero in on them a bit. You know, it makes you sound like a missile launcher. I'm zeroing in. <laughs> I'm zeroing in, locked and loaded. <laughs> Penetrate those walls. <laughs> and like but- I... And I yeah, I, I. Sorry, what were you going to ask, Oscar? Well, yeah, what, what do you mean in uh, what do you mean in that, in that sense? Well, like? I think that if I met someone that I really liked, I think initially I'd want to be monogamous, and I also would I. You'd be open to it. Yeah, you can workshop it. I'd have be to open monogamy to monogamy twenty four seven. No, but it's like I'd I'd be really, I would be open to it, and I think that it's probably also because I feel like right now with the roster I have like. I mean, I have like a patchwork. I've been describing as like a patchwork of people. And in, I told this to one of the patches. <laughs> no. And he said, no. what if one of the patches? Holding on. He's holding on by a thread though. He's fucking <laughs> off it. We're talking about that. And he was like, he took it as I was saying like, well, no one's good enough for me and no one's enough for me and I need to have all these people to make up one full relationship because no one will ever be good enough for me. And that's obviously his insecurities, right? But I was like, that's, so, that's not at all. And he like, he like kind of got, not angry at all, but he was like, Abby, how the fuck am I supposed to like be, feel secure, like be happy with this and want to pursue you if this is how you see people? And I was, I saw it in a way where it was like sad for me. Like I wasn't seeing it that I was like, I have the, all these patches. I was seeing it that I was like, no, this is awful that I have, I'm like doing like a, yeah, I'm getting different parts of different people, different parts of a relationship from different people. And what I want is I probably just want it from one person and a side bitch. But like, I, you know, like I'm, I'm like, Seriously though, like I probably just want it from one person. I'd like it from one person. I, I think so right now in where my mental state is and, and where my career is. I think I'd like that. And do you think that that's the age that you're at or the circumstances that you're in now or, or both? I think it's, I think it's both. I, I also don't know if I'm like, I want monogamy, but I, I guess I'm more open to it. And I guess I'm kind of like, I just feel like I'm kind of like, yeah, like patching holes in walls up. And I'm kind of like... Oh, this is so much 
admin as well, all the fucking FaceTimes. It's like last Friday <laughs> I was on the phone from 3.30 until 2 in the morning. No. 3.30 p.m. With different people, not even that I'm seeing. Oh, different people. Yeah, but not even like like not even that I'm seeing, but like that I have like an emotional connection with, whether they're really good friends, like just on the fucking phone. It was two, and then it was midnight. I was like, I'm going to bed. And someone was like, oh, I'm having an issue with my girlfriend. Can I call you? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it's two hours to a virtual stranger, by the way. I never met this person. This is an online friend. What do you mean? What? So, you be, so you were DMing. Yeah. And then can I call you? It's easier. Let's just call. Let's just call because it's easier than voice hearing, right? Wow. wow. And this happens all the time to me. All the, I, I have so many people I spend hours on FaceTime with. This is with. wild. The courage you took me the other day to text you to ask if we could walk Walter together and then I never followed through on it. And this person who doesn't know <laughs> me. No, no, no. It doesn't mean me at all. It doesn't mean me at all. And we're, and we're FaceTiming. I'm going, and we're talking about monogamy and, you know. And the thing is, for me, I'm not saying I value monogamy because I'm like, I want someone to commit to me. It's like I think I would want monogamy from my side. I actually you don't think still, you would be good at, at being monogamous for someone else? No, no, no. No, the other way around. Other way around. I, I believe in asymmetrical non-monogamy. I think that it's fine for people to have different rules for different um, things and be really fluid with it. This is all going tangent. Enjoy editing this, Elise. Um, <laughs> I don't worry. I'm just pressing mark. Clip you've got every, marks of like, where the fuck to. Yeah. But, but, but like the options are I tell someone that I like them and they go, me too. And then it works out and we figure out what the fuck we're going to do. Great. Or they go, you know what? I really like this person, but I just don't see this going that that far. My anxiety goes the fuck away. I don't think about whether they like me or not. I know that they like me as a person and value me as a person, but they don't value, but they don't want a relationship with me. They don't see a relationship with me. And I go, sweet. I now can like turn away from that. Whereas at the moment I have like, I'm so sorry to everyone that is part of the patchwork, but like there's like five people that I have like half-assed, not even like quarter-assed relationships with. It's just not enjoyable. Did you date in high school? Um, did I date in high school? I at an all girls school. I didn't. I didn't have a. Did you have a sister boy school? Oh no, sorry. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we had a brother, brother, brother boys. Yeah, um, <laughs> college, college, Helen boys. Fuck yeah. Did yeah. you do like school dances and like all so, that kind of shit? Fun fact about my high school is we did not have any school dances because one time the <laughs> boys. This is what the rumor was, and our brother's school one time apparently there were two rumors. <laughs> One of them was that they burnt down a demountable <laughs> when they came to our school. And the other one was they punched a nun. So oh, I'm not sure if fun. these are true, but those were the two rumors at our school. So we didn't have um we didn't have, we didn't have a formal organized with the school. The parents had to organize it and call it the year 12 barbecue. Stop. <laughs> yeah, there's something yeah. happened in the past. Something's happened no, for so, sure. Yeah, someone's something's punched happened. A nun someone's and punched a nun. down a building. So um but I, I I had like things with guys. I had like a like I was like around boys. I was like quote unquote boy crazy. I had like one kind of quote unquote boyfriend. I mean it's so silly when you think back to it, but I had like a boyfriend in like year nine. Yeah. He dumped me after a month. Um and <sighs> we had like one kiss and I think maybe Maybe we did other things. I can't even remember. I don't remember. That's where really your problem I, started. I actually don't remember. After one month. You know, he DM'd me a couple of months ago. Oh, really? And I was like, yeah. and, then, oh. and then like all the boys in that group would kind of like, they made fun of me. I was a bit like, I was like boy crazy. Like I was like probably like a bit obsessed. What's the longest relationship you've had? Us. 
Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. Elise Cooper. <laughs> Actually, my manager, Ben. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I've had like, I, I mean, friendships, I can fucking hold that shit down. Relationships, uh, well, does it count if it's on and off? Let's say no. No. So like the longest period of time been in a relationship. Yeah. yeah. There might be like one break. Oh, I haven't hit a year. Haven't hit a year. Haven't hit a year. Haven't hit a year. No. No, 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 no. Because I was working so much. So Oh, and old mate was on and off. Pre pre batchy world, old mate was Well, also post batchy world. Oh yeah. So like I've had an on and off person who I always have just no one can ever compare to him and I to give him up for someone was unfathomable. Now it's not, but for six years it was like that's not even an option. Another reason why people might think I'm emotionally unavailable <laughs> or whatever. Everyone grow up. Um, I was 23 when I went to The Bachelor, you know. Like I was like quite young. And then after The Bachelor, I was under – I couldn't date anyone. I wasn't under my contract. How, for how long? Uh, until the show finished airing, so until September. So that was about six oh, months from so filming to airing. So until we, the last episode aired, I think it was September 19th or 16th. I can't remember, but it was something like mid-September. And I wasn't able to date from February when we were casting. Actually, January, January. So I didn't date all of 2019 at all. And then after that, I wasn't, I couldn't go on dating apps because I, my, mm. my image gets reported and Raya still haven't fucking accepted me. <laughs> That's a whole other issue. But so I've had dating apps and it was COVID. Yeah, and oh now. Gosh, yeah, right. And then I obviously was with Conrad and that was nice. And then that didn't work out. And now I. You're at the buffet just trying different treats. Yeah. And I, I guess it's been nice. And you know what? It's been nummies. Um, but I do have a <laughs> tummy ache from too much cheese bread. <laughs> No, it's like <laughs> yeah, and you need to go on a little bit of a fast, yeah, and then you'll yeah. go back, but just yeah. for one meal, just for maybe. one, just one. Like I just want to. Piggy might get greedy. Yeah, mm, mm, little piggy. Mm, um. So so after so then COVID happened, and COVID obviously I couldn't date. It was I lived alone, and then I've come out of COVID, and I'm so fucking busy. Like COVID ended, and then I did Love Island after party, and then I did um. Then I started a radio show for I, and that and I don't have nights to date. Then I had Mars Singer. Then I had F Boy Island. I did a pilot. I had Verbose. I have Spill. I did the Bush collaboration. I have a dog. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I you know, I, try, I have family in Brisbane still. Like, and I also was trying to maintain friendships. And it's like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't last. And and everyone that I date is a bit of a fucking vagabond. Like, or I meet them and they're, and they're about to go and do something. They're about to go and film and then they go and film and they have the experience that I have where they meet people that they, which isn't their fault. Not, no, I want to get, you know, it's, and, and that isn't a thing where I'm like, I'm insecure, they're going to find some better. It's like, it's just the reality when, when you are, when you're on set and, or I guess if people can think of it, like if you've got a hectic fucking work month and you cannot socialize, like for some reason you can't socialize because that's what it's like when you were filming a show and you're touring. You find a crush in the desert. Oh, big time. You find someone <laughs> to fucking masturbate about and you find someone if it's the last thing you do. If us four were trapped in a room, me, Amy, who isn't on mic, but um, the producer, uh, Amy, Oscar, I would find something about each of you to come to. I'm sorry. <laughs> If we, ha if we had no and we were getting really close, you'd find something to fuck about. 
you know? Oh, jeez. I'd be fucked. Not one guy. Not one option. See, I'm at least bi. So (laughs) even if you're gay, Oscar, I can still romanticise you if I really put my mind to it. (laughs) That's, yeah. That's That's reassuring me. (laughs) Me typing very quickly email to HR. (laughs) Get us out of this room. Me, I can think about it if I need to. If I really had to gun to my head, I'd be able to think of something. Okay, cool. Thank you. I'll but, leave uh, here feeling pretty good about myself. Cool. But you know what I mean? Like you, <laughs> yeah, fi- I you, fi- you find also- a work crush in one of the most desperate times, yeah, you know, totally. you will persevere and you will survive in terms of your horn. Your libido needs to go somewhere. Anyway, I have lots of thoughts on this, obviously, but um, that was meant to be an t- entirely different podcast. Um, basically, I might be monogamous soon. So Daily Mail, there's your headline. Abby Chatfield now wants monogamy. So guys, I've just told you so many like insider scoops, <laughs> right? Rate the show. Like it again. I was kind of attacked last year. Poor me. <laughs> Fix it. There's a link in the show notes that will move you directly to Apple Podcasts where you can leave a review. I've made it very easy. Oh, God, you're good. Also, I can track if you click on it or not. And it really fucking gets me going when I see that number go up. So. Oh, fuck yeah. That's your new king. <laughs> yeah. Make Elise wet. Oh, my Dada God. Queen, make Elise make wet. wet. <laughs> make Elise wet. All right, guys. Love yous. Bye. Listener.